Well, hey there, friends. I've got a question for you today. We are entering the home stretch of this bizarre school year, and I am super curious about how you're doing. Particularly, I am wondering if you're struggling with frustration with your teens or maybe even not feeling connected to them. First, let me just say that whether you are a teacher or a parent of middle schoolers, this is so very normal. And the reason for these feelings might surprise you. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to be talking about what you can start doing today to make things better. Welcome, I'm Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl. What's an Ish Girl? She's someone who has humorous grace with herself after discovering she's messed up or flaked out again. Something that comes in handy if you're working with or raising middle schoolers. A former middle school teacher and mom to two teens of my own, I know the hair pulling, heart filling, crazy making, and joy filled experiences that come with teens. I created the In the Middle of It podcast for teachers and parents just like you who want to support and impact the teens in your life. Each week, I'll be sharing stories and strategies to encourage and equip you so that you can truly become the grown-up your teens remember, a meaningful mentor who helped them find their way. Last week, I traveled with my daughter to do her first college visit that was exclusively for her. Now, she's been on tours with her brother as he looked at schools a couple of years ago, but this one was the first one that was solely hers. I really looked forward to the trip because it seems like lately we've both been getting really frustrated with each other. I hoped that getting out of our routine where I'm working here at home and she's doing school virtually here at home, I had hoped that getting out of our routine would help us reconnect and get us out of this rut that we've been in. One where both of us or one of us has been easily irritated by the other. And I'm happy to say that it worked. We had an incredible few days together exploring the university that she was looking at and exploring the town it was in. We were able to go on a couple of hikes and visit some family that was in the area. It was just exactly what we needed. However, we don't always have the luxury of a break with our teens, whether they're our children or our students. And often we are doing the day in day out thing with no relief in sight, which means we've got to find other ways to manage our frustration and irritability. Because if it's not handled well, those emotions can have a huge impact on how well we're connecting with our teens. When our teens don't feel safe or heard in their environment, it really affects their motivation and engagement. So whether you're a teacher or a parent, your highest priority is creating an environment of safety and of trust with your teens and then nurturing it constantly and consistently. For you teachers, there is a great article with tips on how to do this in um, Education Week's website, and I've included a link to that article in the show notes. And for parents, there's a great article for you on relationship building with your teens at Families for Life. And again, I've also included that link in the show notes if you guys want to dig in a little bit deeper. But the thing is, we really do have to take our time when we nurture our relationships, whether they're with our teens or with anyone else. As Stephen Covey points out, fast is slow and slow is fast. We have to take the time that's necessary for nurturing our relationships. Once our teens know that they're cared for, they're going to begin to trust that they're safe and believe that we genuinely care for them. 
And for teachers, this means they're more invested in learning and more comfortable sharing and interacting in the classroom and maybe even more confident about showing up as themselves. And for parents, this means that they feel unconditionally loved and accepted, which is a safe place to begin exploring their identities and figuring out who they are and who they aren't. Now, too often teachers, especially new ones, and parents who have children who are just entering the teen slash tween years and puberty and all the glorious things that go along with that can get lost in overwhelm. Especially right now when our world looks completely different than it ever has before. Frustration and lack of connection can really set in. Now, if you have nurtured the relationships with your teens, but you're still feeling frustrated, it's time to take a look inward. And the first key to doing that is to develop your self-awareness. Now, self-awareness as defined by CASEL, which is short for the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning is the ability to understand one's own emotions, thoughts, and values, and how they influence behavior across contexts. This includes capacities to recognize one's strengths and limitations, with a well-grounded sense of confidence and purpose. Now, in simpler terms, what this really means for us is that we've got to take responsibility for our emotions and how they influence our behavior. We have to reframe. For example, instead of looking at our kids and thinking that they are just being stinkers, we want to ask ourselves, are the students being difficult or am I disorganized and ill-prepared today? Or for a parent, you might ask yourself, is my teen being unreasonable or am I triggered by what he or she is complaining about? Now, let's be honest. Being aware of our own emotions, feelings, and internal responses in the moment is challenging, even when we know that we struggle with that awareness. Now, my good friend, Tammy Scow, a licensed professional counselor who's been on the podcast as my guest several times, shared a strategy with me this week that can really help. She recommended several questions that we can practice asking ourselves to help us stay in the moment and really maintain our awareness of self. So here are those questions. The first one is, what am I thinking? And what that is referring to are literally the thoughts that are running through your head in that moment. The second question is, what am I feeling? And these would be one word emotions. And there could be several of them. And it might be things like angry or frustrated or nervous or fearful or any any other you know, emotions that you might be experiencing to identify them is a really strong question to answer and to practice answering in the moment. Um, the third question is, what sensations am I experiencing in my body? This might be things like rapid heartbeat or a roaring in your ears. Maybe your hands have gone numb or you have numbness in your legs, like whatever it is that you are experiencing in your body. Maybe you're sweating. Okay, and then the fourth question is, what is my involuntary body movement or body language? Things, movements that you're making that you're not even aware of, whether it's crossing your arms or tapping your toes, or maybe your shoulders are hunched over and in on yourself, or maybe even your chest is out, your head could be down, your shoulders might be up. Um, 
I know my parents always would give me a hard time when I was younger because when I got nervous, one of my legs would just bounce. I would bounce it up and down. So what is your body movement and your body language? And then also the last question would be, what are your five senses experiencing in the moment? Do you have tunnel vision? Is your sound muffled? Um, are you experiencing intense smells? Is sound amplified? Things along those lines. So when we focus on answering these five questions, it can really keep us grounded in the moment and keep us from defaulting into the fight, flight, or freeze state, which is where we find ourselves doing things like lashing out or yelling or responding in ways that don't really line up with our values or beliefs because we're in that place in our primitive brain where um, our adrenaline is rushing and flowing and it's hard to think straight because our body is literally physically responding as if it was in danger. So asking yourself those five questions can really help keep you in the moment, grounded and out of that fight, flight or freeze state. Now, going back to the fact that sometimes when we're in that state, we respond in ways that don't line up with our values or belief, that leads into the second key, which is you've got to ditch any shame. So it's really important when we're dealing with frustration with our teens to let go of any shame because when we do or say things that don't line up with our values and beliefs, it can actually cause a lot of shame. And that shame can prevent us from making changes. Now, what do I mean by that? So the realization that you're taking your stress out on your teens, again, can cause you personal shame. If you get stuck there, change cannot happen. But if you acknowledge it and move forward, that's when the change happens. So what happens next is really hard sometimes, but also very necessary. You cannot let pride stand in your way if you need to apologize to your teens for lashing out or taking your stress out on them in other ways. When you apologize, it's really going to help rebuild the trust and also your credibility with your teens. And in addition to that, it also sets an example for them. So remember, this is not about not messing up because we're all gonna do this. We are all gonna be in that fight, flight, or freeze state at some point, and we're gonna do or say things that don't line up with our values. So it's not about not doing that. It's about how we handle things afterwards, how we come back together and reconcile because none of us is perfect. And as long as we are able to apologize, we can move forward. And that is a powerful example for your teens to see and follow. Now, I'm not saying like you give yourself a pass every time. I'm saying you let go of the shame and you use the moment to number one, make things right with your teens. And number two, work on practicing better habits the next time. So that leads us into the, the third key in working on this. And that is you've got to determine your steps for the future. So in some previous episodes, we talked about the top three causes of teacher stress, which would be things like student behaviors and student engagement and time management. And there's been an episode where we've also talked about strategies for handling arguments with teens all of which are difficult situations. Now, if we know that these are the areas where struggle is probably gonna happen, we can take proactive steps 
so that frustration does not overwhelm us and affect our connections with teens. Okay, so for you teachers, preparing for difficult situations is as important, if not more so, as preparing your lesson plans. I'm gonna say that again, because I know that that might be a little bit of a paradigm shift. So teachers preparing for difficult situations is as important as preparing your lesson plans. And parents, for you, preparing for difficult situations is as important, if not more so, as determining how you're going to handle disciplining your teens or even what values and beliefs you want to instill in them. So preparing for those difficult situations is super important. There is a mantra that I know many of you are probably already familiar with that goes something like this. It's if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And I think that's very true in this situation with our teens. If we are not planning on how we want to respond in stressful, frustrating, difficult moments with our teens, then we're planning to fail. And again, that's not to say that we're not going to make mistakes because again, we're all human, but it is saying that taking steps and moving towards showing up as the grown up in these frustrating moments with our teens is super important. So just to recap, if you are struggling with frustration with your teens, I want you to take a moment to look inward. The message here is not that they aren't being difficult because they may very well be being horrifically difficult, but you really have to look inward and say, how am I contributing? How can I change to better my connections with my teens? And you can't let shame about some realizations hold you back from those genuine changes. You are human and we all make mistakes. I love Brene Brown and this quote of hers fits perfectly with what we've talked about today. Shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we are capable of change. So being authentic with your teens will not only change you for the better, but it will also provide them with such a positive role model. One they will never forget. It is not an easy process to forge connection with your teens. I know what it is like to wonder if you are making an impact on your teens. Do they hear you? Are they internalizing what you're trying to model and teach them? I also know what it's like to have those breakthrough moments, to see the light bulb go off in their eyes and to feel a bond of connection. More than anything else, I wanna help you create those moments of opportunity. In my own quest to create connection with teens, I have discovered a simple secret, books. They can be a powerful catalyst for breaking down barriers and building relationships with your teens. When you read what your teen is reading, it opens the door to meaningful conversations. Conversations that give you insight into the minds of the teens you care so much about. But here are the problems with reading with what your teens are reading. One, you may not know which books to read. What novels are going to be best for talking about the big issues your teen is facing now or will face in the future? Two, you might have a teen who isn't willing to read with you at all or even share what they're reading on their own. And three, even if you read their favorites, you may not know how to get the conversation started. That is where I have you covered, my friends. I have created the Meaningful Mentor Book Database with teachers, parents, 
spiritual leaders and volunteers just like you in mind. Categorized not only by author and genre, but also by issues, this book database is a goldmine when it comes to finding books that are great conversation starters. A quick search will give you multiple titles that have stories that touch on exactly the topics that you want to broach with your teens. Want to talk about social media, academic pressure, bullying, friendship, dating relationships? You'll find books that encompass those themes along with 40 plus other issues and hot topics that are all searchable. If you want to go deeper with your teens to create connection and trust, and if you want to feel the thrill of discovering what your teen is thinking and understand them a little better, and if you want to experience firsthand the opportunity to speak into the lives of your teens, then you don't want to miss the power of books, my friends. Books save lives. And the Meaningful Mentor Database puts them all at your fingertips. Want to know more? Head to theishgirl.com to discover all the details of this one-of-a-kind subscription. Okay, friends, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate you guys so much. And from an ish girl who is looking forward to having all of my chicks in the nest next week when my oldest comes home from college, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.